Man, I always get it right on the dot. 8.07 p.m. Sunday night. This is KSHP Radio. You are listening to Sudden Death. KSHP Radio, 1400 a.m. Thank you guys again for joining us, as you have been doing for these last couple weeks here on Sunday. Got some news for you guys, which we'll be talking about pretty soon here. I am Sud- I am Jose V, excuse me, coming to you live from cold Las Vegas. It's been cold out here lately, man. I don't know what the heck is going on with this weather. I hope it gets it together because it's killing me overall, health-wise, directly in front of me. is my co-host, and let me make sure I throw this in there because now he's going to get upset. Producer extraordinaire, <laughs> Brian Feldman. Thank you again for joining me. As always, my man, if you guys can't listen to us on the radio, you can stream us live at KSHP.com. Also, you can download the KSHP app on the mobile app store in the app store for Apple and Android as well. Not only that, if you want to give us a call, 702-221-7283. If you want to see what we look like, give us your comments or anything you want to talk about that we might be able to throw out on air while you hear what we're saying. Check us out on Facebook. My page, Jose Volonte. If not, Brian Feldman. So, Brian, what's going on, brother? How is your day going so far? How was your show this morning? Oh, it's good, man. It's a good morning. I don't, you know, never get much sleep on a Sunday night. So I'm here, but I got to study the back of my eyelids for a little while, and I'm rocking <laughs> and ready and rolling to go. All st- another All-Star weekend, which we're not going to talk about. You can check it out. It's on TV. We don't want to ruin the yeah, game. Yeah, Brian doesn't want to talk about it because he recorded it because he was taking his uh, Sunday nap, which he takes every Sunday. <laughs> the guy's a busy man, so he needs his nap. I totally get it. So he first thing he said when he Walked into the studio, he stormed in, turned off the TV, and said, Don't tell me what the score is. I don't want to see it. Well, I know so, it's going to be a high scoring game. I am somewhat interested in a, in a couple of players playing it in it. And But I was saying also, I don't want to ruin it for the listeners that might be recording it or might be, you know, might be in a, a break in their kitchen and they want to see the game. So that's my excuse, anyways. No, nah, I totally understand, man, for sure. But look. I wasn't watching it, so I don't really care about the All Star Game this yeah. year. I, I just I never I really do. I'm just gonna watch it tonight. Not to, to be honest with you, the dunk contest wasn't even that much. I mean, I think that kid from Charlotte or OKC, wherever he was, dunked over Shaq, and that was probably like the highlight of the dunk contest. Nothing special there, in my opinion. NBA didn't really bring that much overall on this weekend, like they normally would have or people would expect to. But with that being said, brother, we're gonna go ahead and start off this show with a new segment that we're gonna start doing every single week. It's going to be called Our Weekly Sports Rewind, and it is brought to you by our new sponsor, Anchor. Thanks to Anchor, our shows are now being podcasted on Apple iTunes and Spotify as well. What is Anchor? Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. With that being said, brother, we're going to go ahead and get into some topics here. I'm going to start off the show like this every single week. I do want to do that because we're going to have our weekly segments when it comes to our local sports that we got going on here. We're never going to forget about that. Obviously, we got to give them their love. But we are a sports talk show, so we also got to talk sports. And this week was crazy. I mean, insanely just out of this world, just nuts. And with that being said, Brian, I'm going to go ahead and start it off, put some music here for you. I know you can hear that. We got to get some some feeling in here. First thing I do want to talk about, I'm not going to go by days of the week. I'm just going to go by things that happened this week. First thing I want to talk about, good old Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Now, let's rewind and get back to the main part of the story and how it all started here. For most of you that do not know and have been sitting under a rock for years, Colin Kaepernick decided to protest by kneeling and protesting the national anthem and the flag. After that, he decided to opt out of his contract. Remember that. Opted out of his original contract one year that he had left because he thought he could probably get a little more and probably go somewhere else. He didn't think about the backlash that he was going to have with the protests and everything he did. Now, I wasn't against Colin Kaepernick and what he did. I was with what he did and how he did it. Silent protests. Wasn't out hurting anybody Wasn't disrespecting anybody Wasn't talking bad about anybody Not only that Nate Boyer An ex-military man I believe That played in the NFL for the Seahawks A long snapper He had a chat with him And between both of them They came up With the idea for Colin Kaepernick to kneel 
You guys all know the rest of the story. There's been collusion cases going on against the NFL. He has been suing them. He has a grievance against them. Recently, in the last couple days, it has been said and come out to light, breaking news, that the grievance and the lawsuit has been basically closed out and done silently. They're not going to reveal what the actual details are. But here's the thing. We all know Colin Kaepernick is going to get paid. I was having this conversation on the way to the show today and... The one thing that is true that I didn't think about but was brought to my light and my attention is that you knew he was going to get paid regardless. It wasn't always about the money. He wasn't doing it for the money. He was doing it because lost wages. He wasn't trying to sue the NFL and get that money back because it was always about the money. It's still about social and racial injustice like he said. But he also lost out because teams didn't want to give him a job. Now, there's a lot of people out there calling him a sellout. I was close to doing so. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Money, money, money. But I'm just letting you know the real deal. It's always about money, brother. Don't ever think for a minute. Here's my thing with Colin Kaepernick. Money. First of all, I understand what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. I respect what you're doing. But you opted out of a you opted out of your contract. You ever met his fiance? And you decide, you oh, yeah. You oh, understand no, 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 what he's doing? Trust I don't me, yeah. understand what he's doing. You opted out of your contract. You hurt yourself there. You could have possibly still had a job that second season, and you did not. Not only that, if I do recall, the American Alliance of Football did reach out to you, which is a league where players get paid $75,000. They asked you to come out and play, and you said, give me $20 million and I'll come out. I thought it wasn't about the money, Cap. That proved differently. Now, what I would have done if I was Colin Kaepernick, come back. Take the 75000 prove to people if you can or cannot still play, and prove to people that it wasn't always about the money. Because you got to prove to people that you are still going to stand. You're still going to protest and stand for what you believe in. I want to know if someone's actually going to take a shot, a shot and sign him. I don't think they are. And it sucks because of the fact that there's people like Kareem Hunt that just months ago, Decided to beat up a 19-year-old girl. No, no matter what, ago. no matter what she was doing and shouldn't have done. You don't put your hands on a female, period. But this garbage can get a job. But yet Colin Kaepernick can't. With that being said, that's my first topic, Brian. What are your overall thoughts on Colin Kaepernick? What came to light this week? The overall settlement that he has. And are we finally gonna stop hearing about this? And are we finally done with this? No, we're not done with it, but um, you know, it's gonna eventually people will forget about Colin Kaepernick. The bottom line is, is if Colin Kaepernick was that good and that valuable, he'd have gotten a job already. People don't want the hoopla and the sideshow circus that goes along with Colin Kaepernick. You're gonna constantly, for at least a while, have media disturbances and distractions, which can also give away protocol for your football team. I don't I don't think it has anything to do with that. Kareem Hunt, I, I'm a little offended that you call the guy garbage when he's a 21-year-old kid that just needs to learn and grow up. If I had a dime for every mistake I made at 21 years old, this show would be, be broadcast away on me. So let him grow up. Um, I think he made a catastrophic mistake. It was a year ago. But again, if you saw all the videos and everything, I watched it diligently. I'm not going to say by any means he was in the right, but there's a lot more to it than just meets the ear, which is what most of us get. But again, back to Colin Kaepernick, Jose. If he was that good, he'd be playing. Teams say, you know what, you're not good enough to deal with all the extra that comes with you. And to say it's not about money, I'm glad you pointed out what happened when he got an opportunity to play for the new football league where he said he wanted $20 million to pay, play for a league in its absolute infancy. Ludicrous, and no offense to the guy that uh, that actually does all the things is ludicrous. <laughs> but, but Ludic yeah, the bottom line is, Jose, is... It won't go away for a little bit. He was going to get paid, but if you think about it, if the guys say he gets $40 million, that's what he would have got as a quarterback for three years in the league anyway. So he basically got paid for the time that he missed as though he were playing. But but again, you know, do I think Colin Kaepernick will ever play again in the National Football League? I got this thing in my gut that says no, no he won't. I and, agree. Uh, and, and and let him not play. And and God bless the Cleveland Browns for taking a chance on Kareem Hunt because somebody was going to. They were just the first people to jump out and did it. He's a young 
kid. And um, yeah, but, but I agree with you 100%. This abuse and this domestic violence thing has to go it's away. It's got to stop. I will understand there are eyes everywhere, and I'm glad there are because you shouldn't be Especially smacking around women, man. Spotlight. When you're in that type of spotlight, I mean, you're in the NFL. You're not playing high school football here. Right. I'm not saying it's okay to hit a girl in high school either. No, do you want to? But you're in the NFL, National Football League. You're in the spotlight every single day. You literally have a microscope being put on you as we speak. Yep. Look what happened to Reed from the Panthers. The dude got drug tested randomly, quote unquote, six times this year. I'm that telling doesn't you, happen, you man. You want to torture your woman, bring her to a UNLV game. You don't need to beat her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> torture your right. woman. So. Right, with that being said, we'll go ahead and get away from Colin Kaepernick now. The next topic that I do want to bring up to you, let's move forward. Let's move a little backwards and get back to Monday. Monday's news came out that Kyler Murray says, I am fully committed to playing my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. Crazy. Answering the question whether he will choose football or baseball, the 2018 Heisman Trophy winner posted a statement on his Twitter account Monday, four days before he was scheduled to report to spring training. Now, here's the thing. Craziest part about it is there was no mention of baseball or the A's at all in Kyler Murray's statement. That's one. Here's another thing, which is a good thing. Murray will be returning 1.2 million, 1.29 million of the 1.5 of his signing bonus that the A's gave him, which I think is fair due to the fact that he's not going to play for them. Why would he have to keep the money? Not only that, he forfeits the remaining 3.16 million due to a March 1st. Now, here's my thing. I like Kyler Murray. I don't know if he should be the number one pick. There's some people that are already speculating and jumping to those conclusions, saying that he should be up there. Now, obviously, the guys and the experts, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, they all have him in the first round. Mel Kuyper has him eighth on his big board, as where Todd McShay has him 13th overall to the Dolphins. Now, I can see him playing in Miami, but... Do they really have the overall coaching staff and the players around him to make him successful? Right off the bat, I don't think so. I don't even think the organization is well fit to take him as a draft pick. With the way that the quarterbacks are in this draft, and a lot of people are saying there aren't that many, I still like Drew Locke out of Missouri. I still think he's the best overall quarterback coming out of this draft. Call me crazy. But I think he goes top five. I'm happy and I'm proud of the kid for making the decision of not taking baseball and going to football. I get it. He wants the money and he wants the money now. And I, I, I can't down him for it. You're the Heisman Trophy winner. Your main bread is being shown like it's going to be made in the NFL. Good for you, young man. Take it. What are your thoughts, Brian? You know... I'm really, I have mixed emotions. I knew something like this was going to happen, and this is all a parade and a showcase for the NFL with the draft coming up. Um, he wants to let them know that they're committed, and this is what's sad. I mean, to look through it and see through the smoke screen, what the guy is doing is he wants to see how much and how high he will go in the National Football League. By declaring yourself 100% committed to playing in the NFL, that is going to make owners, coaches, general managers like, hmm, wait a minute, maybe we ought to think about this. This kid's committed. I don't think any of them are that dumb because here's the bottom line. If he sucks in the National Football League, I don't know if it'll be the A's, he's going to end up back in baseball. And that's probably my guess. I mean, I don't disagree you know, with uh, you. again, man, the oldest cliche in the National Football League is what does NFL stand for? Not for long. And Kyler Murray, there is no guarantee whatsoever he will be a shoe-in or a blue-chip football player. One thing Kyler Murray has, baseball-wise, is tremendous speed and the ability to cover ground in the outfield. And that's something that he can definitely do at the major league level right now. It's all about making sure that his bat is major league ready, which would take probably a year or two of seasoning at the level. Maybe not even that long, but it's a stretch. But I get it. I saw it coming. And um, I, I just don't know. I don't know what kind of professional football player Tyler Murray will be. But, um, you know, the bottom line is, uh, you know, he could be really good or he could, you know. Yeah, I mean. it, it, could it, it poop it, the bed? You just don't know. You just don't know. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Tuesday, good old wide receiver Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers officially requested a trade from Pittsburgh. A, sold, a source had revealed to ESPN's Adam Schefter on Tuesday. Shocking. Obviously, the move came to no shock to anyone. 
He even tweeted out to his Steeler fans saying, time to move on and move forward. Brown, who is 30 years old, has been subject of widespread trade speculation for a while, ever since he did not show up for the season finale against the Bengals and did not play... Now, here's the thing. Brown is due. Come on. <laughs> Brown is due $2.5 million on the roster bonus March 17th. Now, if the, Steelers, if the Steelers trade him before that date, the Steelers would absorb $21.2 million in dead money on their salary cap. Now, here's the thing. Stephen A. came out and said, stop your crying. Stop your bickering. You know, sit down and talk. Let's be men about it. Grow up. There is no sitting down. There is no talking about it. The time to talk is done. It's past. It's over. Antonio Brown is gone. Okay? He's not coming back. He doesn't want to play there. Remember what happened last year, Pittsburgh? You had another guy hold out that was your franchise away from Big Ben. Remember that. Remember that. Okay? Hold on. Now, remember that. We already had one guy leave. Now, you got another one that's gone, too. I'm sorry. I think Big Ben is done as well. He's probably going to be like, I'm out. I call it quits. I don't want to be here anymore. But I think it's a good move if he goes. I think the Steelers have to make this happen sooner than later. I don't think it's a bad thing for them. I think it's a good look. Get rid of the cancer per se. Sometimes it's good to move on and start fresh somewhere else. If you want my opinion, you're going to see him in the Bay, baby, with Jimmy G. I think he's going to San Francisco. What do you think, Brian? You know, interesting. And um, I think that uh, it is crazy if you would have told me that, can you imagine your football team and you have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in the same season? Well, last year they kind of lost Bell, but it's it's going to be official. And then they're going to lose Antonio Brown. Yeah, the dynamics of the Pittsburgh Steelers has changed dramatically. And um, what I think, if you want my honest opinion, is, man, this is so egocentric, it's not funny. I am just so tired of the flipping egos and and no matter where Antonio Brown goes he is going to be another prima donna another Odell Beckham where it seems like El Beckham's growing up a little bit Antonio little bit, Brown needs to take the same thing he is an unbelievably gifted wide receiver yeah. and um and uh, the bottom line is is that I just hope that six inches between his ears isn't his demise in the long run because right now guys like that you know you end up hurt next year Karma, man. Karma is as you know what it is, and um, it's a mother. Yeah, and that, this that this is. guy this guy is just killing it with karma. So what do you think, though? Is he gone? Yeah, is he's he gone. there. Oh no, 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 Jose. I, I I would have said right off the get go that I disagree. He'll be a Stealer. He's gone. I don't know where he's going. Yeah, the San Francisco's a a, a potential stomp stopping. Uh, where can you see for him? him going? I, Jose, I don't know. There's there's probably seven or eight teams I could see him going to. Um, it's all going to depend. But again, you know, you're 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 looking at grabbing a guy that instantly instantly makes your team better, no matter where he goes. But again, that six inches can be very very disruptive. And um, Antonio Brown, the last two years, has become a disruptive player, and it's very bothersome to me because he started out as such a humble, great wide receiver, and like everyone else, you become great, and next thing you know, you're larger than life, man. Give credit where credit's due, and that's to the man upstairs. Point up, Antonio, not at yourself, and that's what I would say. Moving on to the next topic, we're going to stay in the, I guess this is the AFC South, right? That's where the Steelers are at, AFC South? And they're at the AFC um, Central. Right? North. North. AFC, AFC North. North. There we go. Used so, to be the central. So we're so going to stay in the AFC North yeah. here, okay? And Mr. Joe Flaco, as I like to call him, requested a trade. Mm-hmm. And from what it sounds like, multiple sources are saying that the Baltimore Ravens have an agreement in principle to trade Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. Yep, it's going to happen. Now... I think it's a good move. I'm a big Case Keenum fan, but I I think it would have been better for him to stay in Minnesota. It didn't work out that way. We obviously know what happened there with Kirk Cousins, but I think it's a good move. We all saw what happened last year with Lamar Jackson. We all know that's basically making it official that they're going to commit to Lamar Jackson no matter what. Not only that, the best part about it, money-wise, remember, it's a business. It's It's not just the game. It's a business. 
the Ravens will save $10.5 million on the cap. That's really, really good for them because they can add other players that they want to build around Lamar Jackson, whether it's defensively, offensively, offensive line, whatever it may be, that can help them there. Not only that, it gives John Elway that escape goat quarterback, if that makes sense. It gives him that other Peyton Manning, that last chance quarterback that's trying to get a Super Bowl one more time, if that makes sense. Because we all know that John Elway is not here to rebuild the Denver Broncos. His time is coming to an end very shortly. He probably has two years left, in my opinion, in that organization. So I think this move and this deal is good. I think it benefits both sides well. But I think Denver has the better opportunity of winning now, as where Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are set for the future. What do you think, Brian? You know, um, Jose, what I think is that... Uh, Joe Flacco, at one point in time, and especially when he won the Super Bowl MVP, um, had one of the biggest arms in the National Football League. That guy could just about throw the ball the length of the football field. I haven't seen that kind of an arm on Joe Flacco in a few years now. Joe Flacco is done, and that's not D-O-N-E. Peyton didn't have that's, that arm either when he went to Denver. Peyton had a much better defense with a younger, a, a, a much younger Von Miller. This Denver defense is not the defense that won I the agree. Super Bowl with, and went to back-to-back Super Bowl or two, two, two and three years with uh, Peyton Manning. Um, Joe Flacco is going to run for his life. They also don't have the <laughs> offensive line that they had that protected Peyton Manning. And to compare Peyton Manning and Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco had like one great playoff run. Peyton Manning had one great career. So I think it is a stopgap thing. But no, 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 no. hold on. And- I'm not comparing their careers whatsoever. What I'm saying is, as a general manager, yes. John Elway right now, he's probably on his way out. So he needs a quarterback that can help him win now. Right. And, 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 and Joe, Joe Flacco could be that Joe, guy. Joe Flacco's not that guy. Oh, come on. Joe Are you Flacco, serious? oh my God. I, I'll tell you right now, you said like. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, but I'm saying he's not that guy I that can start, give them that chance. I would start Case Keenum over Joe Flacco any day of the week. What dispensary on did you go to on any the way here? Any day of the week. Please on tell me. Joe Please Flacco, tell me. Joe Flacco is an over the hill quarterback. <laughs> That doesn't have an argument. <laughs> Case Keenum. Are you kidding me? 100%. I can't even believe you're having the argument. Come on. Case, Case, Joe Flacco's done, man. Are Case you, Keenum's a young Bro, guy. what are you talking Joe, about? Joe Flacco no is way. done. Oh, no my Lord. I'm not a, look, I'm not a huge we're, Joe we're, and, we're, and we're sitting here. <laughs> we're arguing about a donkey <laughs> and a mule. Okay? <laughs> Neither one of these guys is going to lead a team anywhere in the postseason. <laughs> put, him, put it this way. Either one of those has... Joe Flacco, Case Keenum is a year away from the best record the the Vikings have had in years from just doing that. What has Joe Flacco done recently since the Super Bowl run? Nothing. Okay, again, Case Keenum, a year ago, the Minnesota Vikings were on the verge of a Super Bowl contending team with Case Keenum at the quarterback. And you guys are and rolling around like I'm Keenum out of my mind. Case Keenum should have been better there. Case Keenum was better fit in Minnesota, not in Denver. Case Keenum Joe is, Flacco would be okay in Denver. Joe Flacco is an old man that is done in the National Football League. His arm is gone. He is a good backup <laughs> that can come in and spell a quarterback. He's not a starter anymore. He's not going to take your team through a 17 game season and win a Super Bowl. No way. Now, if you put him on a team with an unbelievable defense all of the defense they had when Peyton Manning won it, or a defense that we've seen when the Baltimore Ravens won it, yeah, anybody could quarterback that team. For God's sakes, Rex Rex Grossman has taken it. Rex Grossman. Jose, you don't know football half as much as I do. Rex Grossman Grossman (laughs) took a team to the Super Bowl with a a good defense. I know that. Trent Dilfer won a quote-unquote Case Keenum could take a team. I know my football. Trust the, the me. Same, th- those two guys would take the, the same team to a Super Bowl with a great defense. Without one, what they I'm have no chance. What I'm saying here is, and you're not getting it, I'm not saying he's the savior. I'm saying it's a waste of time. he's Peyton Manning. You're bringing in a guy to replace Case Keenum who's no better. That's what he's I'm no, saying. He's, he's no, no better. How is he no This he guy's a, no, a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. So is Peyton oh, Manning. Should we bring him out of retirement Come on. put him on this team? I'm telling Come you, on. Joe Flacco can't get it done anymore. He can't. Well, and we shall see this okay, upcoming yeah, I'm season. I'm telling you, man. I That's can't believe that. That was fun, though. That was like, fun. Like, it's like you know what? Talking, that was fun. It's I'm like not we're talking about a starting quarterback <laughs> and a bench player. These are both backup quarterbacks that we're talking about. We're arguing about backup quarterbacks. Oh, man, that was fun. That was our weekly sports rewind. Once again, that was brought to you by our new sponsor, Anchor. Go ahead and check it out. All of our shows are now being podcasted on Anchor as well as Apple Podcasts. 
Podcast and Spotify. That was fun, bro. We're going to do that every week to start off our show. So if you guys like that, chime in. Give us your thoughts. Let us know what you think. We love it. Me and Brian are supposed to be going at each other's necks, and we haven't been doing it. So I love that. We hate. We don't hate each other. We love each other, but take it how you want. It's all fun and games here, baby, and we're going to enjoy this. This is Sudden Death. You are listening to us live on KSHP Radio, 1400 AM, right here live in Las Vegas. We got to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Intend on making any real estate transaction that involves a mortgage, or if you simply want to learn more about mortgages and real estate in Nevada, make sure you clear Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. I'm senior loan originator Brian Feldman, and I'll be hosting Rent It, Buy It, Refi It, the most comprehensive, informative, and interactive mortgage real estate show in Las Vegas. I'll be talking to industry leaders and answering all your questions. That's Rent It, Buy It, Refi It on 1400 AM KSHP, Fridays from 6 to 7 p.m. If you have a roof over your head, don't miss this show. What's going on, everybody? It's Jose Volonte, host of Sudden Death, here on KSHP Radio every single Sunday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Co-host Brian Feldman and I will be arguing back and forth as we do all the time. So if you like real sports talk without any of the commercial BS, don't miss any of the action Sunday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. right here on KSHP or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance the home you're in, the Cardinal Financial Company is the first and only call you need to make. In one phone call, all your questions will be answered, you'll know exactly what mortgage programs you qualify for, and what it's going to take to accomplish your home financing needs. In that initial conversation, we can determine your eligibility and generate a pre-approval letter, meaning you could be putting an offer on your next home the same day. Once in contract, you'll see why Cardinal Financial is known for impeccable customer service, a user-friendly process that practically does everything for you, and closing in as timely of a manner as any company in the industry. And just an FYI, when I'm not playing radio host, I'm in my office at Cardinal Financial as a senior loan officer waiting to hear from you. Call me personally at 702-342-8236 or email me at brian.feldman at cardinalfinancial.com. NMLS number 116-2258. Cardinal Financial Company, LP. Visit us at cardinalfinancial.com. NMLS ID 66247. Equal housing opportunity. big part of the game was, you know, going GD, moving our feet and kind of jumping in the rush to kind of add to our attack. And, you know, I thought we did a good job. How about winning the third period? How important was that to win that third period tonight? That was big. We've had some, you know, third period struggles as of late where we've, you know, been up a goal and we've kind of had a couple collapses. But, you know, I thought tonight we did, we did a good job. We stuck to our game plan. And, um, you know, I think that was a, a huge win for our group. Talk about Malcolm Subban's play tonight. He was unbelievable. Um, you know, he made a lot of a lot of really key saves. You know, at, at important times, and um, you know, I thought there was the the one play across the crease where, you know, I thought I thought he had an open net and his leg came out of nowhere. So um, it's good to see him get back in there and, and play well. And you know, definitely show that he can he can play and and play well. Yeah. Just to win this game, to get off the snide, you win this game. You got to go to Colorado, but then you got four more here, including Winnipeg coming in next yeah. Friday. Huge game tonight. Yeah, it was big. Um, you know, anytime you're on a losing streak, you want to get off it as fast as you can and um, I thought you know the way we played the game tonight was the right way and that's what you know we have to do going forward that was the Vegas Golden Knights right there they pulled off the W last night over Nashville five to one that was Brian right here talking to Shay Theodore in the locker room Brian I wasn't at the game but I did get to watch it on the tube talk a little bit about what you saw last night the excitement in the building the visiting fans 
our home fans, and your overall thoughts on the play of what you saw last night on the ice. Well, first of all, I, I saw a team that, that woke up finally. Uh, they, they, uh, uh, I should say a franchise-long five-game losing streak at T-Mobile Arena, which is, is pretty surprising for this team. That place has the most electric atmosphere, one of the most in the National Hockey League, and to see that team lose uh, five games was really surprising all of us, especially the teams like the Arizona Coyotes, for God's sake. Oh, that was horrible. Um, and uh, you know, so this was a big game. Nashville is a very, very solid team. Uh, their goalie Saros has been on fire, mm-hmm. and um, I mean that game could have been nine to one, and Saros just kept the puck out of the net. But what was really good about last night, and what I saw the changes in the early in the first period. The Nashville Predators got a goal, um, and it, it came from Colton Sissons, but there was it was clearly offsides, but the players didn't know that. Gallant and his staff saw it. They they did the video replay and they called off the goal. It seems yeah, like the minute Gallant that goal was quick, he was like, "Yeah, yeah. it's offsides." Well, well, it was it was a cl- very clear offsides mm-hmm. penalty, but still, it was like the Golden Knights all took a breath, like, "Oh my God, we almost got behind again," and they just started really playing hockey. I mean, they played so well. They outshot the they they outshot the the um, Predators by a mile in the game, and uh, this team was on fire. And I love seeing it, Jose. What I really like seeing also is, and if you've got the Pacioretty one, um, I was going to say, I talked to them because the one thing they've been really sucking on, and I could Pacioretty scored last night, too. Pacioretty yeah. scored twice yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. Two goals, and he was he was kind of struggling a little bit as of late. So what I, but, but again, I talked to I talked to Max about getting a power play goal because he didn't get the goal. Brandon Peary did, but it was so crucial. This team was five for their last 50 on the power play. They're now six for 53, but it was a crucial power play goal late they're in the struggling. third period. Yeah, they're struggling late in the first play. period, and I talked to Max about that. Um, you know, I just asked him how big it was to get that power play goal. Once again, this is Set in Death Case, HP Radio, 1400 AM. We do have a little bit of audio of, like Brian said, him talking to Max Pacioretty last night after the game as well. Get a power play goal tonight for you guys to get one. Our power play, like right from the uh, probably the second the second one, it was just, you know because we took a penalty there in the first one. But our power play was buzzing. Um, we had a lot of opportunities, and you know ends up uh, in the back of the net off of um, an entry and then a block shot. But I thought that you know both units were able to sustain some good pressure and get a lot of opportunities and some looks. Thanks, thanks. And you know, it's huge. It's huge, Jose. Max Pacioretty is a gigantic part of this team. And so many people that, you know, are, are getting acclimated with hockey. So I can't blame people for not really looking at it. But on paper, even though this team is far behind where they were last year, on paper, Max Pacioretty and, um, and Statsny, I'll tell you right now, these two guys are, a, 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 to me, a dramatic improvement over... Uh, James Neal and David Perron, which is basically who they replaced. I think it's a huge upgrade. It's just a different year. People are ready for the Knights. Marc-Andre Fleury playing an awful lot of games. But this team, I'm telling you, on paper can play with anybody in the National Hockey League. Big ups to Malcolm Subban, man. 29 saves last night. He played lights out. Huge game. Not only that, like you said, Max Pacioretty, you got to talk to him. I was talking to you about that before we sat down tonight. That dude played lights out, man. Did you see the hit that he had on, uh, was it Romatosi? Is that it? Is that how you say his name, Romatosi? Uh, close enough, but yeah. yeah it was- he, dude, he, I, I understand, like you said, it was kind of like a lucky hit, but he was all out just strong last night. I mean, is he healthy now? Is he, is he the max that we've been waiting to see all year? And not only that... Oscar Lindbergh gets another goal. Can you talk about his play so far with the Golden Knights? Well, it's been good. And, yeah, Roman Hosey got... Roman Hosey, there we go. He just got hammered last night. I don't think... uh that um, Max Pacioretty intended to, for that to happen, but it looked really good. He just hit him in the right way, and the way uh, Hosey was leaning, he just flew backwards. But no question about it, Oscar Lindbergh really played well last night. Matter of fact, was the second star and, um, you know, got a couple of points. Gets a goal, gets an assist, and uh, and that was huge for him. It's, it's a matter of mixing up the lines. Another guy last night that is one of the team leaders this year, one of the youngest players in the squad in Alex Tuck. You know, a big game mm-hmm. for Alex Tuck last night. Alex Tuck did not put one in the net, but he did get an assist, and he played really, really well. He was disruptive. He used his length, and that's what we need to see from Alex Tuck. And again, Magnum talked about it. Uh, my good buddy, Chris, our good buddy, yeah, Chris, Chris Magnum, yeah. talked about it on the radio this morning. But you know, the guy that he's not overlooked because he is, to me, the second most valuable player on this team behind Mark Andre Fleury, and that's William Carlson. If you watched him oh. skate last night in the give and go, and a couple times, uh, you know, just 
tearing through the neutral zone into the into the uh, you know the play where zone. he got the penalty not called where where he was trying there was a play where he was trying to go in he was skating so fast the dudes grabbed him and he kept yeah. going and even the announcers are talking about it when he goes he goes oh. he does not stop and that's what you want to see from these guys well William last Carlson n- is going to get you know this year Jose what William Carlson did last year was roll the dice in a big way Correct. by taking a one year contract mm-hmm. and banking on this season's play he's had a and, decent season oh, though. let's be real I think he has had right I mean come on let's Jose, not over exaggerate to say he should have done what he did last no, year. No, let me tell He's you having a good year. An excellent year, considering what he did last year. Because last year, William Carlson came. He was a single-digit goal scorer annually. All of a sudden, he comes to the Golden Knight and scores 43 goals last year. Nobody saw that coming. And if you said you saw it coming, you're a flat-out liar. <laughs> no one saw it coming. And now William Carlson, my point is, now he is being looked at. When teams come in, they design defenses around playing against William Carlson. And he is still putting up really good numbers. Still one of the leading goal scores in this team. He could end up with 30 goals again this year, and um, I love what he's doing. No, he is definitely going to get paid, and I'll tell you, I know George McPhee, I will never question what him and Gerard Glant say in the private room. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon, please guys, pay this guy, keep William Carlson around. He is, next to Marc-Andre Fleury, the second face of this franchise. And not only that, the Vegas Golden Knights last night with uh, Malcolm Subban, finally, he's 10-1 and overall at T-Mobile Arena, just so you guys know that. Marc-Andre Fleury needs to start getting a break. He's playing more games that he's played in a long time. Overall, he's on pace to play the more games he's ever played in his career. 70, well, no, no. He, he's played He's played over 70 or, games in a or, season. Or in a while. He's looking I think at playing been. about 70 games. And the thing is, if Malcolm Subban is 10-1 and one at T-Mobile Arena, I understand. The fans want to see Flower. I get it. But it's also about winning and bringing titles to this town. Why not give Malcolm Subban some more playing time at some home games? Give Fleury that rest and save him as the away attraction. I'm not saying don't stop him from playing any more home games, but give more of the home load to Malcolm Subban. That's one. Not only that, after the losses that they had recently and the way they've been playing, Brian, last night was the first three full, and I mean full, complete periods of hockey and one of the best games complete that I have seen the Golden Knights play in a while. Would you agree with that? Well, the second period last night, I mean, they just completely dominated both ends of the ice. They dominated the neutral zone. They dominated every facet of the game. The third period, they were actually outshot by a couple of goals, but on the scoreboard, they won the third period, and they needed to win the third period because going into last night's game, do you know that they've allowed eight goals in the third period um, just in the last homestand alone in the third period? They did allow one more last night, but they also scored three in the third period last night. So, yeah, it was nice to see them play all three periods, play good hockey up and down the ice, and getting great play from a lot of people. And I'll tell you one guy last night that we we can't leave this segment without talking about. Nate Schmidt was a beast last night. This guy was all over the ice. Mm -hmm. He was everywhere you turned. There was 88 again, causing and wreaking havoc. He was physical. He was offensive and defensive minded and no question about it for those of you that wonder, Nate Schmidt missing the first 20 games of the season definitely hurt this team and Nate Schmidt, the most valuable defensive player on the Vegas Golden Knights. There's a reason he logs more, he logs more minutes than anyone else on this team when it comes to ice time. I agree with you 100%. I cannot disagree. So, Brian, real quick, we got to get off of Golden Knights and jump onto another topic. But before we close this one out, Golden Knights go on the road tomorrow, play at Colorado, then they come back for four straight at home. Yep. What does gold? What do the Golden Knights have to do tomorrow night to pull off the W? In your opinion, just just go and play your game. Play play. You know, feed off of the energy they got at T-Mobile Arena last night. Colorado is a team in reverse. They're right now on the outside of the playoffs, looking in. Their first line is one of the better upper echelon lines in hockey. The problem is they have nothing after their first line. All three of those guys in the first line of Colorado's team skate more minutes than Nate Schmidt. I mean, they are killing them trying to get back in the playoff run. I don't see it happening. But that being said. That first line could light up the Golden Knights for four goals if they're not careful, and they could win this game. The Golden Knights cannot sit back and say, this is a Colorado team stuck in the mud. They've got to get in there and skate against Colorado like they're playing Tampa Bay or Winnipeg, and they'll win this game. And they need it because they come back for four home games against some really good teams. And like I said, Jose, to me, the parameter the barometer is all going to be set next Friday night when they play the Winnipeg Jets. That's going to let us know where this Golden Knights team is. And the last thing I want to say is about Malcolm Subban. 
and your point about Subban and playing more, I don't know that it's necessarily the coaches. I'm sure Marc-Andre Fleury is in their ear all the time. He wants to play every night, and God bless him, he should. But the coaches, Gerard Gallant has to sit him down and say, we need you, Mark. It's not that you're playing badly. You need a breather because one thing we need to take into consideration, every one of the Golden Knights players got rest during that All-Star break. They got to go home, spend some time with their family, get their thoughts and heads together. Marc-Andre Fleury got no rest. He played in the All-Star game. On top of everything else, a 36-year-old man, seven concussions deep into an NHL career. This guy needs a breather. And I hope Gerard Gallant can sit him down and say, Mark, I'm sorry, I've got to trump you. You're not playing in a couple games. And I really hope we see Malcolm Subban between the pipes again tomorrow night. Give this guy like a week off, man. It will pay dividends in the long run. Once again, this is Sudden Death Case, HP Radio, 1400 AM. I am Jose V. Right in front of me, that was Brian Feldman giving his thoughts on Golden Knights. He is the hockey guy here. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm not going to act like I know more about hockey than him because if I did, that'd be the biggest lie in the world. But let's go ahead and move away from that. Now we're going to get into some UNLV basketball. Yes, UNLV did play last night as well, and they struggled, which is tough to say, man. Your guy, Joel and Tom Way, scored 20 points to carry UNOV past San Jose State, 71-64. Amari Hardy had 15 points for UNOV, what is now 14-11, and 8-5 in Mountain West Conference play. And Bakke Jong added 12 points and 8 rebounds, and Noel Rabatham had 11 points. Now, here is the one thing that is a cause for concern. Chris Clyborne, who was averaging 14 points per game coming into that matchup, which led the running Rebels, only scored 2 points, Brian. He went 0 for 12 last night, which is not a good look, especially when you're playing a team like San Jose State, which is 3 and 20 going into that game, 0 and 12 in conference play. I mean, I mean, Brian, really, this is a team that they need to go in there and have a statement win. This should have been a 20, 30 point victory easily. I don't care how bad UNOV is playing this year. This is San Jose State we're talking about here. So what are you going to do next? You're going to go into Wyoming and get blown out by another team that only has six wins? They'll beat Wyoming. I mean, I'm just saying, like, this is sad. This is a team that Chris Clyburn should have came out and lit it up or at least had his 14 points. How do you not score against San Jose State? That's sad. Now, I don't like what I see with this team. I know you're a big Marvin Menzies guy. You keep saying, you know... Let's give them the benefit of the doubt, so on and so forth. I, I mean, I'll, I'll wait and see till the end of the season, I guess. I don't think his job is safe. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people, and I just I don't see him coming back next year. I just don't see it. The only way that I see Marvin Menzies coming back next year is if they make a run in the Mountain West tournament, and for some godforsaken reason, they pull it off and win it. They could lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But if they happen to win the Mountain West Conference Tournament, I think that's the only way that Marvin comes back. I know you're going to probably say that's a little harsh. I'm taking it a little too too rough on the guy. Come on, guys. But, Brian, this team is not a fun team to watch. You even said, if you want to scare someone, take your girlfriend to a UNLV Rebel basketball game. Yeah, well, Jose, you know, I'm not going to – the thing is, I said on the show this morning, I was an, an an advocate saying I don't think Marvin Menzies is the guy to fix the problem. My question out there to every naysayer, to uh, Desiree Reed francois if she is going to make a change, which I believe she will. I, I from My sources are telling me she will. Mark Anderson told me this morning to slow down that uh, if Marvin Menzies does make a run in the Mountain West, does do a good showing, that he would keep his job. He also said Desiree Reed francois really likes Marvin Menzies. I was shocked to hear that. I don't think she does. Desiree Reed Francois was at every single football game press conference afterwards. I never see her at the Bloom Press Center None at the Thomas and Mack Center. She's never there. She's at the game every now and again wandering around, but Tina Kunzer Murphy was at every game and every press conference. So to say she likes him, why isn't she there supporting him? She's missing like all the fans at Thomas and Mack. But, That's uh, a bull. It's but, a lie. But, That's but, all it is. But again, I think that Marvin Menzies is gone. Me and Mark Anderson had opposing thoughts that but my point was is I don't want to see another Band-Aid put on a bullet hole. A Band-Aid isn't going to make it better. It's going to 
You've been saying that for a while Temporarily now. stop the bleeding. You have to go out and get a coach. I don't know anyone out there. I mean, you, you're going to have to get lucky and gamble on an assistant coach somewhere that's willing to take uh, 100000 You know, that's willing to take $750,000 a year. Or you're going to have to look at somebody like, to me, the best candidate out there that might fit, and I've talked about him and I surprised Mark with him, is Thad Mata. He makes sense. You know, old Ohio State coach. He, he has makes a, a lot of sense. He has a big name. But can he they pay least, him, though, Brian? Well, no, the, yeah, he'll take less money right How now. How do you know he'll take less money right now? He'll take less money right now. Do you really think he'll take less he money right now? He needs a job. He'll take less money right He'd now. He'd come to Vegas. He would come to Las Vegas. I do believe Thad Mata would take okay. this job. But again, I don't want to disagree with I you because I, 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 I can see the higher working. I really could. I don't, I don't know that it's him. I just, like I said, I'm throwing out there people that I think, like Rick Pitino, get it off your lips, people. Don't even talk about it. He's not coming to Las Vegas. Number one, he still has all kinds of issues with the NCAA that people don't talk about. Didn't he's he just not, win a Greek title not, now or something? He, yeah, he's not. It's and, and again, that's not the answer. So my point was, let this is Marvin Menzies' team. They are not very talented at all. I do believe Joel and Tomboy has mad skills offensively. He needs how to learn play defensively. I think if Mbake Jean can become a more physical presence with a seven foot frame, he can be a D one player as well. Okay, losing, so hold on. Losing. Let me tell you because you brought it real quick. So with what you just said, is it safe to say that UNLV has a lot of one way players? Uh, not they don't have too many two way well, players well, that can play defense. You know, he hasn't taught defense since since we've been watching this since the Dave Rice days. I mean, they just don't bring good defensive basketball, and it's something that we have to see. But you know, losing Chris Clyborne and Noah Rabotham is going to is going to hurt this team next year. Although I think Amari Hardy with the full season under his belt as at the starting uh, point guard position will help tremendously. And I think you've got other guys that look like they could step in. Uh, a lot of people think Justin won't utilize the sixth year of his eligibility. I think he will. My question is, if he's not going to, why does he keep showing up on the bench and is part mm-hmm. of the team? Um, he, if, if, if he gets the, red, the, the medical red shirt, if he comes back... As bad as the Mountain West is, UNLV could be, and, and and everyone's going. Reno's losing, you know, all their top players. So but they have a great coaching staff. Well, so even though they yeah, lose no, but players, Musselman, gonna... Musselman to be gone too. He's not going to be the coach at Reno next year. I'll be shocked if Musselman doesn't move up into a bigger division. So my point is, I would say let Menzies stay only because next year there'll be no doubt. This will be his team. He recruited a year of seasoning under his belt. See what he can do with it. He won't do anything. And he'll okay. be gone next year. But Jose, he's going to be gone this year. I'm not making it I Here's what I think. I don't only think they need to make the NCAA tournament. This is how catastrophic and bad, my opinion. I think they need to win a game in the NCAA mm, tournament for him to keep his job. So, here's, so, here's so that's my opinion. And here's the thing, Brian. With this team, though, and we were talking about it the other day, and I was talking about it on the way here, too. This team has no identity whatsoever. We saw them play against Fresno State, was it, the other night? Braxton Huggins? Uh, okay, yeah. This kid lit him up. That team had an identity. They could play defense. They could shoot from the perimeter. UNLV has no identity. How do you bring back a coach or even say, let's give this guy a chance when he can't even create an identity for his team? You asked him in the press conference, which to me, it just it was baffling and mind-boggling when you asked him about the three-point shooting. Oh, well, we shot 30, 38, 30-something. 30 that's about right. That's about normal. So, so then basically what you're telling me is that th- that is your identity. You're a three-point shooting team. Oh, well, what was his answer? Oh, no, well, I mean, we, we take what, what they give us. You know, we take what the... De- they're not giving you threes. You yeah. took a lot of horrible threes. Well, my point was... So it, it's like, what's up with this team in the three-point shooting for one? And there is no identity. No, and what you said, and, and, and that was my point to Menzies, and he tried to, he sideswiped. Exactly. I was, I was basically saying, look, you're taking a ton of threes, because you guys are running down the floor with 22 seconds still to go on the shot clock, and you're chucking one up from the rafters. That's last year. That's Javon Mooring. Exactly. And I like Javon Mooring. Jojo that's was what amazing. They did. Yeah, that was his but, game. But here we are again with 22, 23 seconds. You close the gap to five points against Fresno State. Big, big run to make that happen. And then you get the ball back. You can go down two or three, and instead you chuck one up with a full shot clock. You don't even work for a high-percentage shot. I understand they will I remember be- your exact words. I forgot who shot it, but your exact words were, you still have 25 or whatever, 20-some seconds on the yeah. clock. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's my problem with the Mose is the discipline of that. And there I don't is think none. Marvin, yeah, I don't think he harps on the discipline of that too much. The bottom line is you chuck it up from the Raptors when we're making a run – 
with plenty of time in the shot clock. Guess what? You get a great view of the game. Get your ass over here and sit next to me. That's what you do, and he doesn't. And that's, that is a lack of discipline. And like I said, there will be, my, my opinion, I'm going to say it right now, there will be a new coach at UNLV for their basketball team next year at this time we'll be talking about something Boom, else there it is so we got to get going pretty soon but last top, last thing on UNLV basketball and that's it senior Justin James is averaging 20 points and 8 rebounds and 4 assists he's lighting it up probably not going to be an NBA player who knows we shall see but what does UNLV need to do to stop this kid he can score we know UNLV has issues with scorers real quick what do they have to do to stop him and make sure they don't get upset by 6 and 19 Wyoming they, 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 I don't think you need to isolate or worry so much about stopping him. You need to worry about getting high percentage shots, play the, play rotation defense the best you can, and most importantly... So you're saying find an identity. Most importantly, Jose, make your damn free throws. And part of the reason they make beat... Your free well, here's throws. the deal. Part of the reason they beat San Jose State at the end of the game, if you watched it, they made, their they made seven of their last eight free throws, and look at the difference in the score. That was the difference. They're going to have to make their free throws, make your open looks, and please work for a high percentage shot. Guys, go watch the movie Hoosiers. Minimum of four passes. How about that? All right, man. So that is it. We are a wrap. We're done with UNLV basketball. If you guys are still watching them, they will be playing Tuesday night, 7 p.m. at Wyoming. You can check that out on all your CBS Sports Networks as well. (laughs) If you want to watch UNLV, you know where to find them. But I don't think Brian will be watching it. Brian, we got a few more minutes here, so let's go ahead and finish out with our final topics. The one thing that I do got to bring up to you guys, if you guys do not already know, we are going back to where we all started. Thursday nights, 8 p.m., Sudden Death will be back. KSHP Radio, 1400 a.m. So this is our last Sunday show. Next week on the 24th, we will not be doing a show. We will be back on Thursday the 28th, the final day of the month. <laughs> the final day of the month. So hopefully you guys can join us as always. Same time. It'll be 8 p.m. Same station. KSHP Radio, 1400 a.m. Same show. Same name. Sudden Death. Jose V with Brian Feldman. Remember, guys, we are brought to you now by, by Anchor. You can check us out on Anchor. They are podcasting now all of our shows, especially on Spotify. And you can also find us on all Apple Podcasts as well. Brian, what are your final thoughts? Going into this week, and um, I know you don't want to talk about that. Well, I was all just, I was just, so all I was going to say, Jose, <laughs> is just you know, with with college basketball as we wind down, you know, we're a month away from election. Sunday, which is crazy. One month away tonight, we're already there. And I just want to say, look out for the Kentucky Wildcats. Tennessee came in yesterday on a 19-game winning streak in the SEC. Everyone was wondering, are they a house of cards or the legit number one team in the country? Is Rick Barnes finally got a team that can take it all? And Tennessee said, hey, we got John Calipari, and our young guys can take your old guys, and they did. And I truly believe now, I said, there's nobody in the country that can beat Duke if they're playing their best game. I truly think the one team that can give Duke fit watching them play both ends of the floor is the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm thinking right now that would be a national championship for the ages other than the fact that I absolutely despise okay, so, so So real quick, real quick, do you think the committee sets it up? Where's where the politics come in? Do the, does the committee set it up where Duke and Kentucky can play in the national championship? Well, they should be both on other sides of the bracket. I think Kentucky's going to move up and obviously, um, obviously, uh, uh, who they beat Tennessee's moving down. There's no yeah. question. They lost their second game. That is, he is Brian Feldman. I am Jose V. This is Sudden Death, KSHP Radio, 1400 AM. Thank you guys for listening to us. As always, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Thanks again. We are out. Have a good night. Coach Harvey Hyde is heard right here. AM 1400, KSHP, North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The first